Hey listeners, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Clark Talks, the Columbians podcast where we bring you the stories and views behind the news. Hopefully you recognize me by now, but if this is your first time, I am Damian Pizzanti. And I'm Katie Gillespie. And kind of like what we talked about last week, um, we are going to change things up a little bit. Since it's Thanksgiving, we're not going to bring you the hard news, the big, heavy, hard-hitting stuff. Yeah, we've done, we promised you guys that this podcast was going to be an opportunity for some fun listening, and I think that we uh, have not lived up to that promise very well. We've had some heavy episodes in the first six weeks here. Homelessness, politics, twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. What else have we talked about? The economy. I mean, these are some breast cancer. These are some big things that we've been talking about, so we're going to actually bring you guys a fun episode this week. We've had a couple high moments so I mean oh, we, had, yeah. we had ribs we had barbecue we did have ribs oh man we had barbecue <laughs> <laughs> is that the only happy thing we've talked about I think it's the only I no no I don't we know ta- we talked about parks we talked about oh, changing right. leaves yeah, that was right. nice that was a nice thing see I mean, we give we give a little bit of sugar we- medicine <laughs> <laughs> we tease a little a little <laughs> once in a while but, but this one is gonna be solidly feel good stuff um well depending on how you feel about your least favorite Thanksgiving dish. We're going to open this up with a really nice little story on a couple that's been married for 75 years. But then we're going to wrap it up with, um, I actually went out on the street and I just asked people, what's the worst Thanksgiving dish? It could be a side dish, main dish. What shows up on the Thanksgiving table that you just do not want to eat or even see or even smell? And I got some pretty funny answers to that, honestly. I feel very strongly about Thanksgiving sides. Yeah. I feel very, very strongly about Thanksgiving sides. So I feel that. What's the worst Thanksgiving side? Okay, so I I am pretty non-discriminant. I love all Thanksgiving sides. It's mm-hmm. an opportunity for carbohydrates and for butter, and mm-hmm. you can't go wrong with any of that. No. I do have two things that I feel pretty strongly about the the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on them like no don't do it the ever. worst thing worst ever thing and ever. I make really good sweet potatoes uh, without marshmallows so you know, it's just an I, abomination to... I hated sweet potato because of that like marshmallow goop nonsense of the sweet potato whatever casserole <laughs> Satan I don't even dish. know what it is. <laughs> I don't either. But I hated sweet potatoes until my mid-20s until I discovered sweet potato fries. Which is like a perfectly appropriate way to use sweet potatoes yeah. and delicious. Sweet potatoes so. are amazing. They but are. But you screw them up horribly when you mix them in with mushrooms. Or I mean mushrooms. Marshmallows. Yeah, once you're adding marshmallows on Ugh. anything that sits at the at the dinner table, like mm-hmm. you need to reevaluate your life choices. Yeah. That I sent you a Snapchat of this, actually. Red Robin had, uh-huh. does these fries that are covered in... that are. They're sweet potato fries covered in marshmallows with like a chocolate oh drizzle sauce or dipping oh sauce. Why would you do that? Like, why would you do That's these things? Horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> the other Thanksgiving side that I feel really strongly about is green bean casserole. And I have made my green bean casserole from scratch. From scratch, I've made my own mushroom soup. I've I've deep fried the the onions. I've mm-hmm. blanched the fresh green beans. And you know what? I I want it out of a can. Mm-hmm. I hand make everything. I hand make broth. I brine the turkey. I'm very serious about doing everything from scratch on mm. Thanksgiving. But the but the green bean casserole, it comes out of a can every year because that's just that's how I had it as a kid, and mm-hmm. it is the best way to have it. Mm-hmm. So it's just that you got to have that that right amount of artificial sodium in there. It's true to really true. make it what it is. That is really one of those things where 
like the best flavors come out of probably the lowest grade ingredients. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have a food that is just made out of crap, but it's yeah. so good when it's piled up. Craft mac and cheese, yeah. Velveeta. Yeah. It's a lot of fake cheese in my world oh, <laughs> for, yeah. for my things that are like that. <laughs> you know, um, I have to say, unpopular opinion, but I'm not a big fan mm-hmm. of turkey. I mean, you know, I don't know that that's an unpopular opinion, actually. Yeah. I think I think turkey is done poorly. I yes. think a lot of people do it dry. A lot of people do it. Well, and just like the flavor of the meat in general, like it's just, it, there's you, not a lot yeah. of flavor to that meat itself. Yeah. You know? I mean, and how often, aside from like a turkey sandwich, which usually the turkey is like loaded with sodium and water and like hickory smoke and whatever flavorings like Oscar Mayer puts in there. Nobody <laughs> eats turkey outside of that. No, no. And you never eat turkey other than than on Thanksgiving. And like, no. you know, you roast a chicken all year long, but yeah. you're never going to casually, oh, it's Friday, let's make a turkey. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of work. So way back in my humble days as an intern, um, I was at a, a, this magazine that spent a lot of time on food. Mm-hmm. And one Seattle of my, Matt, right? Yeah, 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 Seattle Matt. One of my very first assignments for them where I actually got to write something was writing about heritage turkeys. And I think I told you this story, but yeah. I met this woman who, she was like a hardcore foodie, and um, she said the best way to have a turkey is to get one of those heritage turkeys and age it, like hang it and age it for like 23 days. She says it's the best tasting bird she's ever had in her life. Skin on, everything, just cold, dry storage. I mean, that's where am I going to do that in the garage with all of my with all the the oil and the <laughs> yeah yeah exactly we just hang it next to the weed eater. It'll be fine. Uh, so anyway, anyway, we'll uh, we'll listen to that later in the later in the podcast. Then, so stay tuned. This is going to be a fun episode. Today's podcast is brought to you with support from the Colombian Subscription Department. Just in time for the holidays, take advantage of big savings on a gift they'll open again and again. For only $20 a month, you can give the gift of local news delivered every day. Call today to take advantage of this great offer. Request the podcast special by calling 360-694-2312. This offer is only available for customers that have not had service in the last 30 days. All right, so for our main story today, we are sitting down with Jessica Prokop, who is normally the courts reporter here at the Columbian. Hey, Jessica. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. <laughs> so, Jessica, the reason we brought Jessica in is she took a break from the uh, from the world of courts and crime to do a story about a couple in Vancouver who has been married for 75 years. That's that's, that's- how... Yeah, that's right. They're going to celebrate their 75th anniversary on December 11th. I think I'd be happy just to make it to 75, let alone at this point in my life, I think it'd be impossible for me to be married for 75 years. I'm already too old for that to happen. (laughs) (laughs) I might be lucky to get 60 if I start got married like tomorrow. Right. Uh, But before we jump into those guys, can you give us a little bit of a rundown of what your beat is like? Sure. So I usually cover Clark County Superior Court, sometimes Clark County District Court, and I also check cases um, in the appeals court and state supreme court. So these, the types of cases you're talking about, these are not like divorces and speeding tickets and things like that, right? Typically I cover harder crime, mm-hmm. but sometimes there are civil cases that we're interested in that I'll follow. Mm. <laughs> 
What was it like going from typically the grittier side of Clark County life to covering like a couple celebrating their 75th wedding anniversary? Well, the, for one, the Lowry's are very sweet. And so it definitely was a nice change of pace to sit down with them and to essentially talk about their lives over the last 75 years. Um, and it was it's just a little more uplifting than what I'm normally used to. Was it something you like look forward to or do you just really enjoy like the grittier elements of your beat and I really enjoy the grittier elements of my beat, but it is nice to have a change of pace every once in a while and the Lowry's were pretty nervous about sitting down and talking about their personal life and having a video camera and audio recording and photographer there. Um, but it actually ended up being pretty enjoyable for everyone. How, so remind our listeners, how old are these guys? So Eleanor Lowry is 95 and Lowell is 94. Wow. Is there anything about them that, that struck you about their married life or about just them as people? Or what were some takeaways that you had about who these people are? Well, I'd say after 75 years, they are definitely on the same page together. Um, according to them, they, they hardly ever disagree about anything these days. And I thought that was pretty evident just from our interview together. Um, one would finish the other's sentence during the interview. So they're definitely on the same wave there. Um, it seems like they got it figured out pretty early on how to make things work. Yeah, because they met in high school, right? Right. Um, uh, Lowell was sitting in class one day, and Eleanor walked in, and it was essentially love at first sight. It took them a little time to get to know each other. They ended up, um, they were leads in a play, and their roles were boyfriend and girlfriend in the play, and so they started dating shortly after the that play. so awesome. <laughs> and after that, they spent almost every day together. Um, Lowell did move to Vancouver for a short amount of time to look for work. They both come from a farming community in Kansas, so not a lot of work there. Um, but he eventually moved back to marry his sweetheart, and um, they both moved to Vancouver. He was called for World War II, and he was gone for 33 months. And during that time, she had their first child. So it was definitely difficult for her waiting for him to come back. The whole narrative of their life sounds like something written for a movie. My husband actually said the same thing when I told him about it. And so I shared the story with my husband, Jake, and he verbatim said it sounds like something from a love story movie. So now we're going to hear from Lowell and Eleanor, and they're going to talk about their story being married for 75 years. I was in the hospital uh, earlier this year. I had back surgery, and and the people there were just amazed that I was 94 years old at that time. They couldn't believe it. And so when it, we talk about being this old and that we're having our 75th anniversary, people almost, they're, they're kind of shocked. When I was in the hospital last spring, one of the doctors said, are you sure you're 93? <laughs> 75 sounds like a long time, and yet it has gone so fast. We, we celebrated our 50th anniversary 25 years ago, and 
uh, we had no inkling that we would be celebrating 75 years <laughs> no. together. And it, it just seems wonderful. Um, when I grew up, my father worked outside. He was a farmer, and he had outside work. He didn't do any of the housework. My mother, and as we grew older, the girls helped with the housework and did, did those things. I had four sisters and one brother, and, uh, and we, we, when it was a birthday time, it was special. And Thanksgiving and Christmas were special for us. Family time. Um, that's for me. I don't... I don't think birthdays are important at all. We came from a large family, too. The first birthday, birthday party I ever had was my 90th. <laughs> I had a bad childhood. My mother died when I was 10. And I and my five brothers were scattered all over two counties. For a long time, I didn't even know where they were. And I was sent to live with an old maid aunt out on, on her farm. And that was pretty miserable five years. And when I was 15, I ran away and went to this little town of Bronson, which was nearby. And this, this guy that we mentioned performed our wedding ceremony. He also was a printer of a weekly newspaper. And so I learned the newspaper trade there. And they treated me wonderfully. They could not have treated me better if I'd been their price son. So such a contrast to my first five years as a teenager. My father was a farmer, and occasionally they found a farm they'd like to move to that might be better. And we moved to Bronson, Kansas, from Virgil, Kansas, where I attended high school my first three, almost four years. And we moved to Bronson, Kansas in March of 1940. And it was there that in a very small high school, but that's where we met. I was completely impressed. This was a small high school, only about 100 in the whole school. And one day this tall, very nice looking young lady came into one of my classes and she was assigned a seat behind mine. And eventually I got up enough courage to talk to her and talk to her. I was scared half to death. Well, when I first saw him, I thought, wow, he's such clean looking and really nice looking. He was just a nice looking young man. You know, it was just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> we were, they, they had a senior play right after I uh, started at that high school. And we were cast in opposite positions. He was my boyfriend. And so during that play practice, we started dating. We didn't have any bad habits. We didn't smoke or drink or carouse, you know, like I don't know how many people in that where we were did. Uh, but we didn't. We went to movies a lot. His language was great. His, he didn't use bad words. It was just it was just somebody that I thought, wow, how it's unusual to find someone so clean, so not smoking and not drinking, and it, it was just it was just appealing to me. I just thought, I don't know that I thought 
oh, this is someone I'd like to marry at first, you know, but it was somebody I really enjoyed being with. And we were together quite almost daily. He had a, he was able to use a car and we went with a, a lot of movies till we were married in 1941. Well, actually in spring of 41, I came out here. That's true. Well, that summer I worked in a cannery here, a pear cannery here in Vancouver. He came back for the purpose of our getting married. And, uh, and the Japanese Navy kind of hurried it along by destroying half of the Navy at Pearl Harbor. That was December 7th. 7th, and we were married December the 11th, four days later. It was wonderful for us, but it, it was also, uh, the war had just started four days before. Uh, whether this is important or not, my brother, one of my brothers was a parachute training at Fort Benning, Georgia. And he called and, t on and told me that, he said, we're going overseas immediately. Come and see me before we go and bring my girlfriend. Well, the girlfriend's dad didn't think of that much of that idea, going with a strange boy to see another boy. So, so somebody figured out, I don't know who, that if we were married, we could be chaperones for, the, for his girlfriend. So that's what happened. That's the reason we got married that exact day. Otherwise, it might have been a few days later. It was in the courthouse in Fort Scott, Kansas. It was in the judge's office, but the man who married us was a pastor, uh, and he and came a good along, friend. He came along just for that purpose <coughs> to marry us. So before I was married, I was really close to my mother. I I could hardly be stand to be gone a week away from my mother, and I talked to her on the phone every day. But by the time we were married, I was so in love with this man that. I got on the train and we came to Vancouver, Washington without, I, I didn't hesitate a bit moving 2,000 miles away because I loved him. We were, we, we married, we made a commitment to each other. We knew, we just, without saying it, we knew we'd be together forever, you know, and so uh, getting on the train and being, I got homesick to see my mother, my family, and I did go back home the next summer for a visit, but after being there and away from him for a month, I was ready to come back and stay. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I didn't get homesick so much anymore. Before I went in the Army, I worked at the shipyard. You knew they had a shipyard in Vancouver? Okay, I worked there. We didn't have a car. We lived downtown Vancouver. We walked all over Vancouver. Just, we were always together, except when I was going to work. And they were really precious months, especially after I went in the Army. I was called up in February 1943. I was 20. We had been married 14 months when he was drafted. And I went back, I was pregnant, so I went back to Kansas to stay with my parents until my baby was born. And then I went, that was at Virgil, Kansas, where they lived. Well, I went to high school earlier. Then we, uh, I went to Bronson, Kansas, where he lived. He took me to Bronson, Kansas, and I rented a little house, furnished house, where my son and I lived until he came home. He was gone 33 months. 
she wrote a letter to me every day I was gone. I didn't get them all, but she wrote them. Tell her how much she paid for rent for that house. Twelve dollars a month. It was 1943. Things were different. In that little town, there were 12 or 13 army wives, and we had kind of a little club, and we would meet at least once a month together, have potluck dinners, and try to spend time together, which really helped. And of course, I had a son. I had, took care of my son. Walked to the mailbox uh, to the post office twice a day, the mails delivered twice a day, to see if I had a letter. I read the paper to find anything about his division. I think it was better for the soldier because we were, we were always busy, whereas the wife left at home had all that time on their hands, more or less. Might might remark that there were no young men left. They were all gone in the army in World War II, or Navy in World War II. They say there were 16 million in armed in the armed forces in World War II. They were all gone. They're, unless there's they're physically or mentally handicapped, they went in the service. Coming home from three years in the army in combat, it has a it has an effect on a person. So we had to get it readjusted a little bit after that. I don't know that we ever fought. We disagreed about some things. We don't disagree on very many things anymore. We agree on almost everything. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Our daughter was born a year after he got home from the service. And so we had two children to raise. We, we did communicate and raise our children together. And they're wonderful children. <laughs> We both had, came from big families, so whether it was just a unspoken something, I don't know. I, we didn't talk about that. We just knew we wanted to be together. That, and that, I can say here, that love has extended to 75 years together. We mm -hmm. still love each other. Yeah. And I think maybe that's unusual. We didn't talk about the division of duties, but he started, I did the cooking, and he started doing the dishes. Mm -hmm. And then I had some health problems with my back, and um, then he did, he vacuumed, and he did the cleaning of the floors, the need to be cleaned, the bathroom floors and the kitchen floor. I don't think we talked about it, it was just kind of assumed, I guess, we just assumed. I came from a large family too, but my mother didn't have any daughters to help. She had six sons. Five of us, by the way, were in World War II all at the same time. And the youngest one was in the Army during the Korean War, so they got all six of us. Various things. I drove a truck for a little outfit in Portland for 23 years. Worked at Alcoa. You know, know about Alcoa? Okay, I worked down there for a while. You know, mm. we've taken care of our bodies. We've, t we've never smoked. We've never drank. We've never, we keep good hours, we rest, uh, we have fun. But, you know, another thing that enters in, we, we've been church people, we are Christians, and we, we have been involved in uh, the church where we've been going to church. We had gone to church, we went, the, the first church we were involved in, we there 30 years. And we had various duties there that we, did. He taught a Sunday school class for 48 years, 
and I think it was 48, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I had I taught the little kids <coughs> Sunday school class for a while, and um, we were just involved, and it was a happy time serving the Lord. One thing we've always done is talk things over. Neither of us said, this is what we're going to do. We always talk about it and decide what we're going to do. Together. Your focus should be always on your, your mate. Well, one thing, don't have a straying eye. Seems yes. like so often they decide that they can do better someplace else. <laughs> Anymore. That I agree with. You, you, we love doing things together. We did as a family. We went camping and we did things that didn't cost money because we didn't have much money. But we went, often went camping in the summer. After we retired, uh, we had the time. And uh, we took some trips. My grandparents came from the state of Maine. And one of my dreams was to go to Maine and see where they lived. They lived there. They were born there, and they lived there for their until their first four children were born, and then they came to Kansas, and that's where my father was born in Kansas. And uh, it was it was just wonderful to go. We went the first time we went was in May in the spring, and the next time we went it was in the fall, which was wonderful. The trees. Everything, the colors were so beautiful, but that was one of the, it was just, just such a pleasure to go and see where they lived and find the graves of great, 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 great grandparents, which we did. And it was, it was really a fun time. And then visiting up and down the coast at the um, uh, historic places, we did that and enjoyed that very much. I can tell you that every morning, Lowell gets up about an hour or so ahead of me, and when I get up, first thing I do now, I come out here before I have a shower, before I take my shower. I want to see that he's okay. He had a light stroke on Father's Day, and now I, I just am concerned about him. I, when I get up, I want to be sure he's doing all right. Ordinarily, I take my uh, shower and come out ready for the day and go in where he's sitting in in our TV room and I always get sit on his lap for a while she does and we just love each other you know sitting together and it's just a precious time for only $20 a month you can get news delivered to your door every single day but you have to tell them you want to use the podcast special so Be sure you request the podcast special. Call 360-694-2312. This offer is only available to customers that haven't had service in the last 30 days. Hey, everybody. So right now, I am out on the streets of downtown Vancouver and talking to people about Thanksgiving and what the absolute worst worst Thanksgiving side dish or main dish is that people have. I'm Kelly. Hi Kelly. Hi. So what is the worst Thanksgiving dish? Probably aspic. It's a room temperature meat jelly. What? It's disgusting. (laughs) It sounds like it. So wait, you have to tell me about this aspic. Where have you had it? Who makes it? 
Why did you eat it? Oh, um, I've never had it. I've heard it described by my sister mm-hmm. um, when we <laughs> we were. I, I asked her what food most reminds her of Donald Trump, and that was her response. I'm Josh Young, and I hate sweet potatoes. I don't know why. They're disgusting. That's why. Hey, I'm not a big fan of cranberry sauce traditionally. It's sweet mixed with like meat. I kind of like to keep the flavor, the parts of the palate separate. So. So by that, by that logic, then do sweet potatoes kind of bother you too? No, because they're, no? they're kind of they're in the middle. They're like kettle corn. You can they've got a little bit of savory, a little <laughs> bit. So yeah. All right. Well, that's all from us this week. Have a have a happy Thanksgiving and happy holiday and eat Thanks some better t- sides. Then. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Eat some better sides, people. Um, Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget, um, if you like this show, hate the show, want to say anything you want to say about this show, email us and let us know. You can do that at podcast at Colombian.com. You can also subscribe to us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Yeah. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Help them spread the good word of Clark Talks. 